Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Frozen Frontier. Greg. Oh, welcome, welcome. I, was that to me? I thought we were talking to the fans. Hey, <laughs> I'm here again. Hey. Good to be back another week with you. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, so, last week we did a Yaromir flashback check-in. <clears throat> we did. And uh, we're going to do another one this week. Do you want to give a little bit of recap on what happened last week even though that happens in the future based on today's timeline <laughs> one day in the future yaromir no um so last time if, if you guys weren't here and saw it i highly recommend checking out i think it came out really really well um we found yaromir um outside of matava um uh, many years from now um and he had gone up to half hill if you find it on the map just on the edge of the sylvan border uh and he's in this kind of northwesterly village um and he he didn't live in the village proper he and his wife and his child had moved into a cottage kind of beyond the uh the the village proper and was serving as kind of like a a witch doctor of sorts, reading fortunes, um, giving out charms, occasionally uh, helping out with diseases or, or medical work, whatever he could. Think, uh, think a little Baba Yaga, less chicken hut and less evil. Uh, <laughs> we got to see, you know, his interaction with his family. We got to see his interaction with the village people. Uh, there was a lot of YMCA, not, not really. Um, and I think, I think it was really cool. We saw a disease come through. We saw him interact with his magic powers for the first time. Um, we saw a betrayal um, of kind of epic proportions. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. So that will, that will be Yaromir's story once we get through today's story. Although they're going to be, I think, um, many years apart. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure what happens between today's story and Half Hill. It clearly takes you uh, at least a decade to get there because your daughter, whose name was is about not seven or eight. Ollie, was seven or eight. <laughs> right, Cat. so a little less than a decade to get there. Cat, that's right. Cat. Okay. Uh, so this week, we're going to start off in Matava. Um, yes. Actually, let's bring us to the place you can be proper. You start off in Zelenia. It is the capital of Matava. Uh, Matava is this matriarchal. Um, what's the word for like a religious-run government? Theocracy. Yes, uh, a matriarchal theocracy or a, a pseudo-theocracy, heavily influenced by religion. Um, in this small but very important trade kingdom as you can see they're pretty much the only people if you want goods from to go from the south to the north you have to go through Matava and through these canals unless you want to go all the way around everything think of it as like um panama and the panama canal or the suez canal one of those important trade routes uh, so in this matriarchal theocracy we have a weird class system set up where all the males that are born are second-class citizens. Um, maybe not even citizens. They're like halfway between second-class citizens and slaves. Um, all the, the generals and officers and um, 
cavalry in the army are run by the women. Uh, all the men serve as kind of like the front rank slave soldiers that just have uh, like basic leather armor and spears. Men aren't allowed to own property. Um, they are completely subservient to their, their females and their family. Um, they can be traded back and forth. You know, if the males are needed to produce children, but once they are used for their production, they just go back to whatever previous rank they held. And it's not uncommon to like buy or trade or borrow other people's males. If you like, oh, that's a great specimen. And you know, I want that one to like sire my children great. So they're kind of like traded around like bulls in some ways. Um, Yaromir is born to a family here. I'm not sure if we know much about your family history, and I think it's not important for today. But you were born into this society and born with all of these markings, these tattoos all over your body, uh, which in a theocracy is uh, an interesting sign. And so ever since you were a child, you've been inspected and looked at by the clerics and the priests and the wizards and any wise person that could come because there's something very important about you. All the, all the clerics and all the wizards clearly say this is not natural. These markings are too specific. They're too iconic. There is some sort of divine intervention or unholy intervention or demonic. Something has intervened to help create this child. Um, we need to figure this out and it might take forever but he's important, we have to do this. So you've lived a very different life from most people in the world and especially most males in Matava. Um, and that is my long introduction on what Matava is. It's a good one. Um, so how old would you be at this point in time? Um, I'm thinking like a teenager, like uh, 17, 18 kind of teenager. Um, maybe, maybe it could be skew younger. Uh, this is a medieval world, but about the time that you become um, capable of, of making your own decisions and doing things yourself, uh, you're kind of entering that age. So maybe, maybe like 15 or 16, if we're, if we're talking about a little bit younger culture. Yeah. All right. So let's go um, like 16 or 17, somewhere right around there. I think is sure. really good for what we're doing. Yeah. Here. yeah. And um, we're going to start on kind of a, a rainy afternoon in Matava. Yeah. Um, you have been brought to this kind of plush, soft room. It's on the, the second floor it's, uh, of this um, large temple. Uh, you've got nice white marble all over the place. Uh, there are large columns giving you like a 15-foot ceiling. And the western side of the, the room is kind of open to the outdoors. There's a little bit of a balcony there and you can kind of like see the rain coming down and you can hear it uh, hitting the, the marble. It's angled slightly so it will drain away and not into the temple. Um, but you are here with the chancellor. She is a woman named Angel and she is the one of the most important people in the country. She, um, she helps decide who gets to see the queen and what you know, if they're what they want to talk to her about is important enough. She's often described as like the second most powerful person in the country, even though she's not a member of the royal family, right? She's mm -hmm. that you know the the person who 
like she's the kingmaker in a sense, sure. or in a way. Yeah. Um, around you are all these very plush, comfortable pillows in this like slightly inset uh, little study area in this room. The room's maybe 30 by 30, and the little inset thing is maybe 15 by 15, and in the very center of it, kind of in a downward, almost upside down trying uh, pyramid thing, is a, a brazier with hot coals burning. Along the walls are various bookshelves, and there's a couple of tables with implements and writing materials laid out for them. Um, Chancellor Angel is standing by the pillars, uh, looking west. And you know that today looking is the day out the balcony. Out the balcony, yeah, through the the big columns that run all the way to the ceiling. Sure, yeah. Um, you know today is the day that an elven emissary is to arrive. This is going to be the first time a one of the elves has come to take a look at you. It's been a, a thing that's taken many years to develop. The wisdom of the elves is prized, but they move slowly and they take their time. So it's taken 10 years to get one of their emissaries to come out and see you. And today is the day. So my question is, Yaramir, how do you feel about this? Are you nervous? Hmm. Are you excited? I think I think that the the like many years have kind of created a a um, numbness to being to, to having people check you out, right? Um, I, we're kind of insulated from elven culture here, right, mm-hmm. in Matava. Um, so you kind of hear of this as like, oh, this is a big deal. There's you know elves are coming and they're they're respected and wise and whatever. But Yaromir has been poked and prodded and inspected by various wise people to to little or no major effect for years, right? As long as he can remember. Um, So to to him, this is just yet another foreign person kind of coming in. Uh, Maybe there's a little bit of intrigue. He's like, oh, I wonder what an elf is like. I've never never met one, never interacted with one, but... um, I don't think there's a there's a greater feeling of of intrigue here for Yaromir. It's it's mostly a uh, a mundane. <laughs> it's it's mundane to come get inspected by an elf for him because he's been right. inspected by clerics and wizards most of his life. Right. Great. Um. So eventually, a, a carriage is seen trotting through the city of Zelenia, uh, and Chancellor Angel, the, a little bit of a, a smile comes back and puts a hand on your shoulder. She's a much older woman in her uh, probably late 40s or early 50s and says, Yaromir, my boy, today will be the day we find out who you are and what your purpose for us is. Or maybe today is the day that we start that process for once and all. Very good. I'm happy to serve you. Uh, Chancellor Angel, uh, I'm happy to learn uh, that uh, the process might finally be ending. Hmm, of course. Uh, she walks over to a table and brings back a small tray with two little bowls. Um, one of the bowls holds just a pile of salt, and the other has some dusted silver. Uh, and she kind of hands it before you, uh, sets it before you and says, As usual, I would like you to have a little salt and silver. 
when she says that obviously i've i've done this before right right what, so is, she, what is the expectation here uh, that you're just going to eat a little bit salt and silver yeah they're the two most generally considered the most potent uh parts of magic you know okay. if you're wanting to make like a magic barrier you do salt or silver <laughs> or maybe both okay um, and so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is something that Yarmir's done all the time, right? He, you know, maybe there's like a small little like uh, spoon kind of laid out next to him that's ceremonial in some mm -hmm. way, and he just takes like the like a small portion of each and and kind of chews through it. The salt probably easier to eat, surprisingly, despite it being really salty. Uh, the the silver would be just this grainy, like it would be mm. awful to get through so probably the salt goes down really easy but yaramir would never vocalize this in front of the chancellor but uh just kind of internally is like oh god i hate the salt oh it's i mean the silver like oh but he mm -hmm. finally you know gets it down yeah um after you've had your salt and silver the chancellor leaves you in this room alone for a little while um being left alone in the room, I think, um, I think Yaromir just is a, a little uncertain what to do with himself, right? Like, he's usually meant to, like, serve people. Every time someone comes to observe him and they, like, leave him alone, he's, he feels a little anxious because his entire experience has been, like, in some kind of service, even though, like, it's been really easy. Like, he's had he's had a good life. He's, he's usually there to, like, help somebody out. And so, like, he kind of paces the room, maybe, right? Like, kind of paces along the balcony, kind of stares out into the, into the rain, just kind of listening to it. Like, it's just a mood of, of anxiousness mm -hmm. uh, that kind of pervades. Takes a while. More, mm -hmm. more time than you'd be comfortable with. But after half an hour or so, Chancellor Angel arrives with this elven woman. Um, before I describe her, what are young Yaromir's expectations of what an elf might look like? Oh my goodness. Um, he he is, is certain that uh, elves are must be this like magic creature, right? Because like he's they're rumored and whispered about and so far away, right? They, they must be taller than, than humans and, and, and have like strange colored skin and, and large pointy ears. And um, I, I, he doesn't even know what they dress like. Like their culture is something completely alien to him. He's probably imagining um, some, some strange like, science fiction fantasy headpiece and um odd clothes that don't match anything that he's ever seen before right like you're you're bringing essentially an alien to him right well those expectations are definitely shattered then because in alongside chancellor angel who's maybe five six five seven or so comes this tiny little creature maybe maybe four ten at the the tallest um, she has a headband that goes all the way around that is multicolored, but you notice there are also like silver dots or maybe little, like little silver beads that are hanging off it. Um, what proficiency checks will Yaromir have in a decade? Or skills will Yaromir have in a decade? What skills do I have in a decade? Yeah, I want to know like what skills you might possibly have right now. Okay, so in, in, in a decade, um, I will have learned um, anatomy, healing, folklore, archaeology, omen reading, direction sense. Um, and I probably already know reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And there's a chance 
small, but there's a chance I might have begun the route to anatomy in the in the temple and service. Yes. I think you've definitely been already looked into in anatomy. Yeah. You know, someone's always talking. Oh yes, the dorsal muscle over here, and you know you'll notice the the shit the uh, you know the radius on his arm on his right arm is. There's a lump. Do you think that's something? No, no, everyone just has weird lumps sometimes. No, it must mean something. Look, it's right underneath this this tattoo. <laughs> um, that sort of thing. Right. Okay. So you notice the, um, the, the constellation for Martha kind of on her headband in the front dangling down a little. Okay. Um, and Chancellor Angel walks in and says, uh, Laurel, I would like you to meet our mystery. This is Yaromir. Uh, I think I think Yaromir just like immediately looks crestfallen for a moment. I mean, he's still a kid, and like this this alien creature looks nothing like what he would hope for. No, uh, the, but the headband's like covering up the ears, even like you can't see the ears. It's just like these slightly refined, like delicate features, but almost like little tiny creature dressed in like kind of colorful clothing that is not as alien oh, right. as yeah, yeah. And, like immediately there's just this look of of just like crestfallenness and then Yaramir immediately realizes that's not allowed um, and just kind of like goes back to a, a neutral face and he shuffles forward he's, he's been pacing by this balcony but now there's you know women in the room again he knows where his place is he shuffles forward and um, uh, are handshakes a thing that, that we do here do we bow like uh, typically bows are more okay. of a thing. Handshake's a little familiar. Okay, uh, then Yaramir proffers a, a very formal bow towards Laurel, um, and uh, is just like, is is great honor to meet you, uh, Mother Laurel. Hmm. Um, Laurel doesn't say anything, doesn't reciprocate your bow, and just looks back to Chancellor Angel, who immediately says, uh, Yaramir, would you please remove your top? Yes, at once. Um, and just in like a smooth practice motion, just like, whoop, no top. Um, kind of just, I guess he just lays it on the ground next to him. Yeah. I didn't ever open up your tattoo list, though, so I need to take a look at that. Um, just sort these by location. Uh, so you get turned around. And you can hear them talking about this tree that's growing up your spine. You've seen it before with, like, a clever positioning of mirrors. Um, and immediately, they're discussing this tree uh, in kind of quiet tones. You can clearly hear them, but it's more of, like, a quietness born of reverence than of, like, trying to hide anything. Uh-huh. Um, the elven... I mean, I, I'm probably listening in, like... There's there's a natural curiosity, right? Like at a certain point, I think Yaramir kind of has felt that it's like nothing will come of this, but it is new, and this this creature, this elf, as this little woman, has come here a long way. Perhaps he's he's listening in, trying to get a, a feel for what they might be saying, even if it's beyond his his understanding. Right. Um, so you hear Laurel say in a a very practiced Matavan accent um, something about the this. The tree seems to be to be growing. Look, if you look at the roots right here, it's not done yet. It's still in the the third stage of its life, which is you know third stage of a tree's life. What the fuck is this fucking elf talking about? Yeah, that's really weird. Um, and Chancellor Angel nods and goes, "It's growing." I I, I don't understand what you mean, but I uh, respect your wisdom. And walks away to a table and starts making making different sorts of notes. 
Um, mm-hmm. You can feel some sort of like cold fluid being pressed against your back, against the tattoos. Um, and then like a finger tracing it around and probably tracing the outline of the tree on your back or something. Uh-huh. And then comes like a prick of like a pen, like a, a nice fine point pen, like drawing extra little details, which, you know, like when someone gets like clippers right at the base of your neck and like sends shivers up and down oh, your entire yeah, yeah, body. Yeah, yeah it's that sort of like <laughs> feeling that runs through you as this like fine point pen all but breaks the skin by pushing into you. I feel like Yarmir tries really hard not to like shiver and shake, but probably like just like can't do it, right? Like this is this is a guy who's a mental giant, but like a physical midget, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like right. he's he's got no dex, no strength, very little constitution. Like this guy's like like he knows like oh I should probably stay still to like make sure the pen marks don't like jiggle or or, or I don't mess this up, but like he's probably having a really hard time not doing that whole like thing. <laughs> Um, so at some point, Angel, uh, Angel, seeing you kind of like shiver, uh, gives a bit of a snap and pulls out one of these like, you know, big fans and cracks you across the knees with it, uh, and says, stay still. This is precise okay. work. <laughs> I, I redouble my efforts, not, not woohooing. Mm-hmm. Um, the elf doesn't really say anything about that. Uh, and then she moves around to the front of you. How tall are you? Um, I'm tall, but like really thin. Um, I'm probably, where did I write it down? Um, I, I'm not going to figure out where I wrote it down. Uh, I'm like 6'1", we'll say. Sure. Like, yeah. So the elf, tall, but... the elf is like looking up to you uh, and then says, I need a stepladder, please. Uh, and a, a small little uh, <laughs> ottoman is brought over and she like stands up on the ottoman. So her head's just about uh, under yours and starts inspecting this constellation on your chest that's vaguely in the shape of a person. Actually, it's pretty clearly in the shape of a person, but it's a constellation of different runes. Uh, And she starts muttering to herself something about, this is no constellation of the gods. It's no, his runes are clearly divinely influenced, but not of any divine that I've seen before. What are these? She kind of steps back and for the first time looks you in the eye and says, who are you? Do you remember anything from before you were born? I'm sorry, what did she ask? Do you remember anything from before you were born? (laughs) Yeramir gives her like the like cockeyed look of a cat that's just like so confused that you exist right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just... Before I was born, uh, no, uh, I have very few memories before I was uh, four, three. Hmm. And she like tapping with her finger on your chest. This constellation doesn't exist, but it's born of things that almost exist. Most curious indeed. Yermi doesn't know how to take that. He like he like looks to um to the to Angel and just is like gives like the like what? <laughs> like wh- how am I supposed to act here? Look. Mm-hmm. But I guess he just lets the the elf tap away. Right. Um she moves around you a little bit more and pulls out like a, a charcoal bit um, and starts tracing this design on your leg. Uh, there's like this this tattoo of a uh, jackrabbit leaping up off of your left foot onto your shin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she starts tracing the the jackrabbit and then gets a, a piece of paper and like presses it to imprint on the, the paper and sort of just kind of goes around selecting very specific tattoos that, that speak to her in some way. Like there's um, a moon on your liver that she seems very curious in and says something like, hmm, symbols of Falumbra on the liver that processes humans waste products and purifies the blood. Alumbra and purification together, souls and purification. I'm not sure what this means, but this is definitely some sort of protection? Purifying the source of life? Hmm. And this kind of, this takes maybe an hour or so while she presses different things on you. Um, when she's satisfied that she's gotten the enough of the, the the markings that she wants, she takes a few steps back and looks at Laurel and says, I will take these and return to my people. And if they are intrigued enough, we will return. We know how short your time is, so we will try to be quick. Hopefully, we will get our acts together in the next year. Uh, And you can see Angel's face is a little bit like, oh, But Angel goes to the the main entrance, opens the door for Laurel, um, and starts to escort her out. And as she does, um, she waves in another woman. This is a, a woman you've never seen before. She's roughly your age, maybe a little bit older. She might be like three, two, a year or two older than you. Sure. Uh, and says, uh, looks to you, Yaramir, and says, Yaramir, this is Victoria. She is training to be my apprentice. And she will be starting with uh, taking care of you. Victoria, would you please see that Yaramir uh, gets a bath and is properly cleaned up, and then I take him back like to the, his the formal bow when I'm when I'm introduced to someone new, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I guess I when she says give a bath, like I know what that entails, right? Like mm-hmm. I begin walking that direction. Sure. Um, I think by this point you already have your pants off. Like you're you're totally naked, and these people have sure. just been poking and examining at you. Sure, uh, yeah. How is this the moment? Do you put your clothes back on to walk to the bath, or do you just like? Oh no, fold we're, them we're up gonna and take have a bath. No, 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 no. We, we, I'm. I've been like people have been taking my clothes off to stare at all of my tattoos for a long time, right? Like this is this is years and years of practice and. Um, no, like I, there's you don't need clothes for a bath, so they're 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 probably like been, I, I don't know. I, I said I put them on the floor. We probably have like over the course of the study have like folded them and put them like on a table or something. Mm-hmm. And that's where they'll stay until they're needed again. Right. Uh, so, uh, you guys begin the process of walking to the bath. You guys are currently on the second floor. The bathhouse is down in the sub basement. Um, so you're gonna have to like kind of it's it's maybe like a ten minute walk to get there because it's a pretty big temple and the sub basement's pretty far away. Okay. Um, so you I, you begin your walk. 
Yeah, I, I guess while we walk, Yarmir just kind of makes small talk. All right, he he doesn't uh, he doesn't know this girl, right? So you know, he's he's just like, hello, eh? my name is Yaromir. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to have a uh, new person to serve. Uh, tell me about yourself, Victoria. What what brings you to Temple? Hmm. Well then. Uh... She kind of looks at you, and you seem so comfortable and relaxed, and it's, it's really throwing her for a loop to see you. So, like, hey, it's fun, whatever. Um, uh, uh, as Chancellor Angel said, my my name is Victoria. Um, I have, was born to a farmer's... Uh, I was born to a farmer. Um, but uh, my mother's grandmother, uh, I guess my, she stumbles over some words here, like trying to sort out the family <laughs> lineage. And it's like, <sighs> I guess I try to save her from stumbling over words, right? I, mm-hmm. I notice that she's uncomfortable and I'm like, born to farmer. I, I was born to similar peasantry. I believe mother was a seamstress. A, do you happen to know a village of Yunta? She nods. Is where I was born. Ah, I come from Valara, nearby. Ah. I have not visited Valara in travels. I do not move very far from, from Zelenia. Uh, do you like Valara? Is it a nice place? It is. My grandmother um, was a, one of the engineers that helped design the ballistas that currently sit upon the walls of Valara to protect against Zorthis who you know is this green dragon that lives in the woods just north of there that long ago some heroes tried to kill and didn't quite do it, but they, like, crippled her wings so she can't fly, so she just, like, crawls around now. Um, and Valara has, like, this big defensive wall to keep the dragon at bay. Interesting. Um, so, despite my mother just being a farmer, I was given special dispensation when I showed aptitude to come to the capital and see what I could make of myself. Very, very interesting. I have heard, of course, of Dragon. Have, have you seen it? She shakes her head. Only pictures, diagrams. There's a, a great mosaic on the town square floor. I have um, interest in magical beasts. I saw Elf today for first time. I will say very disappointing, Victoria. Not at all like I imagined. <laughs> Do you mind if I ask you a personal question, which is probably something no one has ever asked you in your entire life? Yeah, like, um, I kind of pause, like, just for a second. Like, uh, why would you ask that? And of of course, of course, Victoria. Whatever you need to know. My life has been one of choices and climbing the geopolitical social ladder. Do you, are you happy? being imprisoned? I have very few males I could speak to openly like this before. Um, do you enjoy a life of servitude? Uh, he's never really been told he's been imprisoned before. right? And Yaromir kind of for the first time is a little uncomfortable. Like He doesn't really understand that. 
Um, and maybe he's now, now it's his turn to stumble over some words, right? He gets a lot of ums and uh, uh, uh. And um, he finally says, he've been treated very well. Uh, I cannot say I am unhappy. At this point, you guys have arrived at the bath. Uh, the two of you walk in and immediately um, some women kind of get to going to, to clean you. These are some of the priestesses here at the temple. Uh, normally, bath work is kind of like lower men's job, like cleaning people. It's just like, that's that's petty labor. Just give that to some random guy. He can just like right. clean, whatever. But, th- you know, this is the temple. So you're treated to like an exceptional bath where there are females that are doing the work. It's yeah, I think most people would consider this some sort of honor, but for you, it seems to be kind of, you know, par for the course. Um, right. You're already naked. They usher you into the bath and begin to clean you, and you notice, like, Victoria turns around to, like, <laughs> give you some privacy while this goes on. Um, uh, and kind of s- continues the conversation, but, like, changes the topic to something a little bit more appropriate. Sure. Uh, and says, uh, could you tell me about the elf woman that came to visit you? I believe her name was um, uh, Laurel, the diplomat? Yes, uh, Laurel, a small woman, uh, four foot, had very interesting headband with symbol of Martha and little floppy pendants on it. She was very uh, interested in... Uh, very interested in my chest tattoo uh, uh, with person. She said it exists but does not exist. She spoke in vagaries. Very, very interesting woman. Took first person I have ever seen take picture of tattoo. She used outline of charcoal and pressed wax paper against to have image. This is very smart. Perhaps good way to examine back. Uh, seem very knowledgeable. Very weird. Angel uh, <laughs> seemed exasperated by the time it was over. Hmm. Well, I hope they can piece together the puzzles. I have been told that you are the key to some great mystery somewhere. This is what I have been told. I hope that I can unlo- uh, I hope that uh, the secret of said key can be unlocked uh, for uh, benefit of Matava. Uh, it has been many years and many failures. Uh, Chancellor Angel comes back in and speaks with Victoria, saying, uh, Victoria, it's been confirmed you will be Yaramir's watcher, um, at least until the elves return. Uh, do familiar, familiarize yourself with him. They will have many questions for you. Uh, when he's done with this bath and all cleaned up, uh, I would like you to make a study of his tattoos, make me ten copies of each one of them uh, in exquisite detail, and please provide me with a few journals worth of notes. You need to be ready for when the elves come, for if they have any questions, you must know everything there is to know about these markings on him. We will open up the archives to you read through those as well. Hopefully they will be here in less than a year, so you must work quickly. There is much research to catch up on. Victoria kind of nods. And um, I think this is where 
we're gonna take our first break. It's a little bit early, but this is, uh, I think, the most appropriate. So <laughs> we will be back in a few minutes on the other side of our break and with the next section of our story. See you guys on the other side. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frozen Frontier. Uh, Yaromir, you yes. cleaned up. Here, very gloriously. Mm -hmm. um, and you spend the next nine months in fairly close proximity to Victoria. A very specific um, time. <laughs> uh, yeah, there. she has a lot of, you know, artist's renderings of you that she needs to do. So you spend a, a lot of time acting as her model as she goes at this and reads these old journals and then comes back to you and says, do you remember, you know, Mother Martha the Tenth when she said blah, blah, blah? What did she mean? You know, just lots of kind of chatting. Um, uh -huh. And also during this time, I think she, you know, whenever you guys, not whenever, but some of the times when you have a chance to be just the two of you, which is quite often, She'll bring up these these more awkward questions like, um, mm -hmm. you know, do do you miss not seeing your family? Uh, yes, sometimes. Uh, we have been in temple for almost as long as can remember. Uh, in some ways, in some ways, uh, Mother Angel is as much mother to me as my own. However. Uh, I do occasionally see them on uh, on a festival day. Uh, sometimes I am allowed to travel to Yunta. Uh, I, I have seen them maybe six times. Good people. Do you, do you have any sisters? Hmm. Yes, uh, I do now. Uh, last uh, or two festivals ago. Uh, was uh, I have newborn sister? Yes. Do you miss them? And I miss concept of family. I have seen families come uh, speak to Mother Angel uh, and other priestesses here. Uh, if the concept is something familiar um, but unattainable, hmm, is something I would like, perhaps. Um, but it's hard to say you miss someone you have seen six times. He nods. You know, would you please roll over onto your, your stomach now and <sighs> flip over and then kind of just keeps doing, pro poking and prodding and writing things down and you know, continues with her line of questioning, um, saying things like, you know, it's a shame you'll never be able to have children of your own. It's shame. I agree. Is uh, that something you would like? I mean, I know it's. Uh, <laughs> I know men don't get to have children, but you know, you've right. seen you've seen the concept of it. it as I have said, a concept of family is something, although unobtainable, is familiar and something I am interested in. Uh, I think I would like one day, but. As we, as you know, uh, is not possible for for man, uh, especially not not uh, with these. Yes. Um, yeah, I think 
all this preparation, all this time with you and Victoria together, uh, you the two of you grow fairly close. Um, she spends maybe like five hours a day with you, um, mm-hmm. examining you, or sometimes just like having you in the same room. So while she's reading these journals, she can like bring up questions to you. And the other uh, maybe five hours of your day are back with the normal priestesses who are trying to continue their new studies and or maybe like being shown off at this place or that place. Sometimes there'll be like a grand party and you're brought in literally as just like a work of living art. And you'll just kind of like stand there shirtless while, you know, know, highfalutin people walk around and kind of take a look at you. (laughs) Yes. This is like probably the least like um, attractive modeling ever. Right, yeah. <laughs> you got a guy who's like long and gangly and tall, but super thin, like to the point of near emaciation, and like has weird tattoos everywhere. Like this is an unattractive scene, <laughs> right? So, because at these parties, you're being sh- like you're not the only living artwork there. The rest of the living artwork are like the most finely crafted male yeah. specimens that they can find. Like the men yeah. who all they do is work out all day so they can like stand at parties. They've got those deltoid muscles that like stick up behind their head. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like um, a, a Chippendales, but then there's like Yaromir with the weird tattoos all over his body on the side. Yeah. Right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to see the elephant? <laughs> God. I have posted in Twitch chat the list of all of Yaramir's tattoos. So if you have any questions about them or you would like to see which ones are canon and which ones are jokes, you can find them in Twitch chat. Um so sometime later, you know, a few months later, uh, you're in this little laboratory with um, with Victoria. And she's playing with, like, shining light on you in different patterns or seeing, like, what sort of shadows you might cast. Um, and then, you know, like, you've got that rabbit tattoo on your leg. So she, like, gets a rabbit and, like, tries to put it on your leg in the shape of the tattoo. Like, I don't know. Maybe if you put a rabbit on the rabbit tattoo, oh, it does oh, something. She's shining a light across the the no, rabbit. No, she's like literally I she taking was pushing a rabbit. No, on my she leg. is pushing a rabbit onto your leg, like <laughs> trying to get it to be in the same position. Like this rabbit's too big. Let's get this rabbit. No, this one's too. Uh, here's the right size rabbit. Do you feel anything, Yaramir? <laughs> if it is, it is very ticklish. Very ticklish. I don't think that's what we're looking for. Hmm, all right, let's put those rabbits away. Um, now, here's an octopus tentacle coming up your other leg. Let's just kind of wrap this around your thigh. And how, how does that? Oh, no, that's not quite in line. Ah, oh, it's not doing anything. Hmm. So there's. I think we broke. I think we broke Greg. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, and then maybe that's how Yaramir feels about it. And Rick, you know, it's clearly a ridiculous, like putting rabbits on your leg. And I think the I both think of you. the first time that a, a wizard or cleric or someone in power has like wrapped my leg in an octopus tentacle and tried to push it <laughs> into my thigh. Yeah. So I think you both end up like breaking up laughing. This is ridiculous. It's clearly not good. I'm sorry, Yaramir. I just, I, I suppose no one had ever tried this before. So it, might, it was worth a shot. Uh, 
I cannot yeah. say anyone has ever tried before, but you know, I appreciate your enthusiasm. She yeah. hands you a, a rag. It's like, please clean the octopus off your leg. I... <laughs> I have to like sit there and like pick all the like suckers off. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, do you have any ideas of what these things might be? Or do you know of any tests that we could run? Yarmir kind of shakes his head. He says, I have known tests for many, many years. Every foreign wizard or cleric that comes in has made their own tests. Uh, the elves have come and made charcoal rubbings. Uh, the priestesses themselves have long held discussions about uh, my tattoos. Uh, the one thing I am fairly certain of is I kind of just like point to the text and I, I pause for a second and I kind of look at her and I, I think and I'm like, this will be okay. This is, this is dangerous, but it'll be okay. I don't believe answer is in those. I have read many of them myself. She nods, uh, you're probably right. Um, and then makes eye contact with you, knowing that you're both treading on dangerous territory. Here. Right. Um, say, tell, tell me, what of all the tests and inspections and investigations, um, which one was your favorite? Which one, if you could do it again, would you do? He thinks for a moment. This is, what is best definition of favorite? Uh, most effective? No, no, no. The one that you enjoyed doing the most in the moment. He thinks for a moment. He says, where did that octopus go? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, well, I read in um, Mother Nerul's notes uh there was once a um a, a hot salt water bath with bubbles and they sprinkled rose petals all over it to try and coax out the the vapors within uh, it had clearly no effect but that sounds that sounds nice um why don't we run that test again for you huh? <laughs> i mean you're this is clearly not working. None of this stuff is going to work. I don't see why we should be putting you through hell with all of these things. Let's just... Dude, like, double checks the room. Make sure that no one else is here. Let's just do something a little bit more relaxing for you, huh? I'm sure you must grow tired of all of this poking and prodding. Uh, I, I, kind of, I kind of nod in, in agreement. I'm like, if I, if I am being honest with you, it does grow weary after a while. One can only have so many tests with no conclusion. Before it all becomes tiring. Uh, and he kind of like, he's like a, a thank you. And, and, uh, and kind of maybe, maybe he like helps set up this, this ritual bubble bath. Yeah. So this one was supposed to try and like coax something out of the tree on your back by like soaking you in salt water. Cause the tree on your back kind of looks a little bit like a, a mangrove tree a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's got these like big roots that come out in the same way that mangroves do. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they go and like set up this bath. Uh, the, the first try was like an ice bath and that wasn't very comfortable. So they're, they're trying it here as like a hot water bath instead of an ice bath to make it, well, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, I should we rephrase this. Um, as you go to set this up, there's, you know, someone in the, the this 
place where the bath would be. He was like, we've already run the, the ice water bath with the Armir. It didn't do anything. And uh, Victoria's like, well, we're, I think maybe we can try it with hot water. Uh, mangroves also grow in, in warmer climates. Maybe warmer water would be better. Um, and we'll need to keep it insulated. So um, some sort of bubbly surface to, to keep the water warm. Moment kind of shrugs and goes, well, if you think that's what we need to do, a bath gets, like, prepared for you, and um, the other people leave, and Victoria kind of, like, hangs out and starts, like, bringing plants and, like, setting them on the corners of the bath to kind of make it look a little bit more accurate and not just, like, you hanging out and chilling. <laughs> do, okay, do they have access to mangrove plants here? Um, there are that would some... be immensely dangerous, right? Are they? Tell me about yeah. mangroves. You pull out the roots of a mangrove and you like can't move, right? It 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 uh, screams and you oh you and you bleed from the ears until you die. Uh, I meant um, mangrove trees, uh, like the, like the the real world mangrove trees, not the the uh, fantasy mangrove Drake plant. Okay, right. different different mangrove. Okay, my mistake. Okay. Um, where were we? Right, so, you know, you, you go through this practice, and uh, when you guys are alone, there's probably, like, a little bit of playing back and forth, and Victoria says, yeah, I don't think that we're going to discover anything until these elves show up in three or four months. <sighs> Do you have any ideas of how you'd like to spend that time? It's just, it seems unfair to have you be at my every beck and call when it's, when you are the subject of the study. It seems like you should be running the study of yourself. I think Yarmir like is is like a little confused with getting uh, like that much potential freedom, right? Mm-hmm. It takes him a long time to think. He's like, you know, I I do not know of many things that I would like at this point, but perhaps I would like to see Valara with you. Perhaps we go there. I would like to see fresco of, of Great Dragon. Perhaps see the wall. Hmm. You don't have any dragon or lizard tattoos. You don't have any scales. Uh, what could we come up with that would be a plausible reason for you to go to Valara? Hmm. Dragon lives in overgrown forest, yes? It does. Perhaps uh, there are multiple leaves and trees and vaguely foresty things on my body. Perhaps the dragon confers some form of magic to forest. Perhaps we investigate connection. That's a good idea. Sure, I'll I'll arrange it. And she leaves you alone for a little while to uh, take your bath while she goes and sets up this trip to Valara. I create a bubble beard. Ooh. The bubble beard is the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think Darmir's ever had a beard. I know. No, no. We've He's been closely shaved, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Ever since he began growing body hair, like, that gets in the way of inspection, right? So mm-hmm. we've always had uh, a sharp razor and, like, some, some like, self-grooming at the, the beginning of most days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the two of you together take a trip to Valara. It is the southeastern city here. 
uh, right next to the overgrowth. The dragon that lives in the overgrowth is named Zorthis, which uh, the river that runs into the overgrowth, or into Valara, has been renamed the Zorthis Snag after the dragon uh, because it helps to protect Yunta, your hometown, from this nasty green dragon that lives in there. Um, So what do you want to see in Valara? I think that... um... Well, he wants to see a lot of things, right? Like, this is kind of... He's never been to this city before, and he has an unprecedented amount of freedom, right? Like, he kind of wants to just see people. Um, He wants to go to, like, a tavern, right? He wants to... um, He probably wants to go see this, like, famous mother that engineered the wall, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's very he's he's very very smart despite despite having grown up in this he's he was taught to read and write at a young age he reads these books on on martha and the and the temple and religion like all the time he in order to like help the people around him right and so like someone who's created an engineering feat on this level is very interesting to him um the other thing i think is he has like a perverse almost like Tyrion lannister desire to like go climb the top of the wall and like piss off the edge of the world right right like i think i think that is like he wants to see the edge of the world a little bit okay so as you leave zelenia there is an awkward moment where victoria since she will be leading a male through the the countryside um she has to put on your collar um you are trusted enough that she doesn't need to attach an actual leash to it or a rope to it, but you still must be collared if you're going out in public and walking around. And there's right. this, like, awkwardness where, like, she shows up and you guys are about to leave, and, like, kind of from behind her back, she produces this, like, leather collar with um, silver bands that run around it. Mm-hmm. And says, this isn't uh, the first time I've worn the collar, but it's definitely not something that I wear a lot, right? Right. Uh, it's only when you have to leave, like, the right. temple or the town. Probably, I've probably only worn a collar, like, a handful of times, mm-hmm. right? Like, when I was a kid, they probably had to make, like, new collars for me because I would outgrow it by the time I had to wear it again. Right. Um, and so, like, it's awkward and it feels weird, but, like, it's something... Like he just like Yermer just stands there and like lets it happen. Like he's he's familiar with this and 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 like is okay with like it's it's part of his life. You understand? Yeah. It. And every other male that you see walking around, almost every other male uh, has a collar, especially if you're in the streets or if you're like looking out the windows into the city. Like if there's a male walking by, he's got his collar on. Um, uh, usually with some sort of leash being held by a woman. Sometimes like three guys with three leashes being walked by a woman, kind of like as you would walk dogs. Um, yeah. So Victoria avoids eye contact and kind of as she's putting it on, mumbles up, sorry about this, Yaramir. Um, I, I don't even think Yaramir, like... I, I, he, does, he doesn't even, like... That doesn't register to him. Like, this isn't a bad thing to him, right? Mm-hmm. He just He kind of just shrugs it off. Like is con- he's confused internally that she apologized, but doesn't um, like there, there's no reason for him to be like, oh no, he's okay because it's just part of life. Yeah. Uh, and you see, Victoria begins to lead the way out. She is wearing 
some uh, chainmail armor with leather uh, pants or leather um, greaves and bracers. Uh, it's just like a chainmail shirt that comes to the arms. It's not like a full long suit of chainmail. And she carries at her side an axe um, and has a, a backpack with some wealth in it and you know a few other traveling supplies. Uh, the two of you walk through the streets of Zelenia until you get to the established cart that will take you all the way to Valara over the next few days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's kind of how you are. I think most of the trip is in silence because you're always with this wagon driver. Um, and your familiarity with each other has become comfortable enough between the two of you that it would be wildly inappropriate um, so when other people are around, I think the two of you kind of are sure. silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, during the whole trip, like, Yarmir kind of, like, is doing that thing where he's, like, itching underneath the collar because he's not used to wearing it, right? And when you put something like that on and you're not used to it, it, like, will chafe and itch. And, like, I think he's just noticeably and visibly uncomfortable with it, like, even to maybe the driver. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's just it's just something that's like in the back of his like gnawing in the back of his head, like oh this is this is uncomfortable and awful. Yeah. And to to go with that uncomfortableness, you are dressed in like full robes, covering up pretty much all of yourself, including like a hood that comes up and then a veil that drops over your face. You're mm-hmm. very clearly like tr- they're trying to hide your tattoos and your features okay. um, from the from the general public. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a three-day journey to Valara, and I don't think you guys really speak in those three days. Every time that you stop in a town, uh, you are staying in some sort of nobleman or, um, you know, lore, uh, lady's palace or, uh, you know, countryside house or something. And every uh-huh. time you stay in one of these places, you are given separate rooms. Like, you go down and sleep with the other men, and she goes off and, like, sleeps within some nice place. So... You frequently find yourself in cramped quarters, like... And, maybe... like, probably for the first time, right? Like, I don't think Yaramir sleeps with the other men in in uh, Zelenia. No, because you're, you're sleeping in the temple, and you, you're, you've been given special quarters and special everything. Right. Your door is, like, locked from the outside every night, um, just to make sure no one goes in and messes with you. You're too prized of a possession. It's like, you have to be kept protected and safe. But right. on, this, on this journey, like... You know, you're put in a, a 12 by 6 room, and there's, like, four bunk beds in there, each with three racks on them. So there's, like, tw- uh, 12 people tucked in this tiny, tiny room. Right. I'm um, like, this is, this is, this is like, weird for Yaramir, right? He's never been around, like, a ton of dudes like that. Right? Yeah, or, or rarely. Like, it might have happened in the past, a long time ago, but this is, it's... Maybe it's been an a awakening, time at the very least, right? Yeah, Probably and you're definitely seeing it with new eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but your your travels eventually come to an end when you guys arrive in Zelenia. Uh, Zelenia is this interesting town, you know? Valara, it's, it's, I um, yes, Valara. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. It's a walled town. Uh, but once one side of the town has a much taller and thicker wall than the other, you know, the, the wall that you are approaching from the, the, 
western wall is your average like you know 15 maybe 20 feet high 15 feet thick uh, made out of like red brick with a, like, a small moat that runs around it and a drawbridge um, but you can see even as you're like crossing through this wall on the other side there's like a 50 foot wall armed with like ballistas every 30 or 40 feet all kind of pointed outward um, there's a, a big tower in the middle of town that stretches up even higher than that maybe maybe 100 feet high um, that looks like some sort of watchtower or watch post. There's a, a rail that goes all the way around it that's glistening brass. Uh, and you can see constant patrols around the watchtower and you can see people manning the ballistas. Maybe not an, like a full ballista crew, but there's definitely somebody like leaning against the ballista looking out over the wall. Um, and Victoria takes you to a safe place, to the place that you're going to be staying, to the, the temple here in Valara first. Okay. Um, and as soon as you guys walk onto the temple grounds, she immediately removes your veil and your collar. Um, and then just like, put, tucks the collar into the, the backpack uh, and kind of frees a bit I of- I kind of just am like, it is very nice to be free of this again. <laughs> I cannot tell you. Every every few years, I have to put it on. It always chafes. Always chafes. Ugh. Yes. Well, I'm. Yes, I, I'm sure it must be nice to be free after that. Yes, it's very nice indeed. Yes. Oh, it's nice to be able to talk again. I do not know how much more silence I could take. I do not know if you've noticed this, but I am very talkative at times. You certainly are making up for a lack of speaking for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I can show you the wall. I can show you the ballistas. I can show you the statues to the creators and to the, the heroes that tried to kill Zorthus. Um... I don't know if I can take you to a tavern, though. I mm. think I think that might be out of our abilities here. But I, I can bring you some ale, um, and we can walk past some taverns separately. Perhaps we could walk past. Should be interesting either way. I'm not so interested in ale. Is bitter. Tastes less good than wine, which I've hid in in uh, Zelenia. I'm more interested in uh, in the people. I wish mm. to see them. Uh, let us let us go to wall. It is very I don't know attractive to look out at the edge of world. Okay. She reaches her hand back into the backpack and pulls the collar back out, and with a sigh, <laughs> straps it back on. Um, All right replaces your veil, and the two of you set off for the wall. It's a nice, big, fancy wall to keep dragons out. It's 50 feet high, maybe 30 feet thick at the base, 15 feet thick at the top. Um, there are no, like, loopholes or arrow holes through it whatsoever. There's no, like, nothing that could cause a structural weakness in this. There are these big ladders that run up it every so often, as well as actual like carved steps that go back and forth. Um, in a few places, you notice these large contraptions. Um, 
kind of like at a, a how does the camera work? At like an angle uh, with like rails and then a, a sled that could like get pulled up this thing with a, a rope that comes back down and attaches to a, a turny wheelie thingy that has an oxen next to it. So like, you know, if they need to bring supplies up to the walls, you put them on the sled and the oxen walks around and the supplies get lifted up. Um, so she, she takes you up the wall and around it. You can see out into the forest beyond the overgrowth is just, it's huge. Not not right in front of the wall, but like a, a half mile away from the wall or so are these massive trees. They're, they're easily 230 feet tall, possibly 280 feet tall. They must be 15 or 20 feet across. If you've ever seen a giant sequoia, they look a lot like this. It's just immense trees. Let's see if we can find giant sequoia pictures. Chat. Because not everyone's from California. Not everyone has grown up with these suckers around them. There's... They're kind of cool to drive by. Yeah. Pictures don't do them justice. I was just at Sequoia National Park. Oh, yeah? Yeah. These trees are monstrously large. See if you can find one with a person in it. It gives a little bit of scale. Yeah, I'm, I am, but the thing is that with the coolest trees, they don't allow people to get too close to them. Yeah, and so, true. like, even the person is too far away. Here we go. Yeah, this is one there. for chat. I'll post it in Zoom for you as well. That's okay. Um, I, I've seen them. All right. I do want to note that this person is about 20 feet away from this tree. This tree is, like, 25 feet across. Yeah. Um, so it's these, these massive trees out there. Uh, and then, like, little smaller trees kind of scattered in and around. Not much in the way of actual, like, foliage on the ground. There's not a lot of plants or vines or bushes. It's pretty much these, like, huge trees and then, like, smaller conifers that are growing nearby. Yeah. Um, Yarmar's very interested in the, like, gigantic-ass trees, mm -hmm. right? He's, he, he kind of looks to, to uh, Victoria, and he's like, what is it that makes some trees so much larger than others? <laughs> she smiles. Uh, let's see. The, my, uh, my biological sire, which would be the term for father, but like sure. it's not the same relationship, right? So they refer to the sire. My biological sire was a lumberjack, they say. Uh, I think I've seen him around, or maybe he, he's one of the lumberjacks that I've seen around here. They go out and fell those trees and haul them back for, for us to use here. Um, <clears throat> my mother tells me that this is the only place in the world where trees grow this large. Uh, it's just a, a different type of tree, apparently. As elves are shorter than humans, these things are naturally quite different. Um, it's not a magical effect, they say. Really? That's very interesting. And it's not whole forest of them. Is a few here and there among other forests. Well, it does spread out pretty far, but uh, oftentimes you'll find these trees a few hundred feet apart. Um, sometimes you'll find groves of them together, but not always. 
Uh, and anyway, she keeps leading you around. He kind of he kind of thinks for a moment on what she said, and he he looks at he looks at her for a moment and and contemplates where he is and decides to bite his tongue. But like, it's probably pretty obvious to her that like something she said like has has um, kind of earwormed into his head, right? Like he's got something to say, but is choosing not to. Sure. She goes and shows you these ballistas, takes you by these statues of the, the people that crafted the wall. Um, there's like a, a plaque to her grandmother. She doesn't get a full statue, but there's a plaque that says, uh, uh, Victoria, the engineer, created these blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think this is the first time that you realize that her grandmother's name is also Victoria. Hmm. Um, I, I guess I guess that's something worth asking. So, you know, is is uh, all daughters in your family named Victoria? She shakes her head. No, I'm I'm Victoria the second. Mm. Uh, my my grandmother was the first of her name, at least notably the the first notable one of her name. Uh, she she kind of like waits for you guys to walk away from a more densely populated area and says. Uh-huh. Uh, she spent a lot of time traveling around the world and was not very happy with the way things were when she came back. She she helped design these ballistas to keep us safe, but when offered uh, a title and land, she opted to become a farmer instead. Um, she was always... Yes, Yarmir? This is very interesting. I would not imagine uh, a woman of such power being unhappy with the way things are here. It seems like this is idyllic place. There's a little bit of silence until she leads you back to the, the temple and takes your collar off, and when you guys find a moment alone... She relays to you another story, saying that, well, my grandmother said she fell in love while she was traveling through Eridon. Mm. Um, but when she married her husband and brought him back here, they wouldn't permit it in the same way. Do you know the concept of husband and wife? It's a foreign tradition. It is something I have heard mention in foreign translations of Martha's teachings, but uh, is not a subject we have studied or, or been been allowed to peruse much. Hmm. And Eridon, and I, I presume other places, they have this... Uh, they, they join uh, two people together, um, and they, they, instead of having... One head of family, you have two. Sometimes one of them is above the other, but it, it changes. Um, it's weird. You Instead of having... Instead of knowing who will be the person in charge of a family, it just they just talk about it. And then sometimes there are problems and they argue about it, but they, they negotiate it. And anyway, it ends up with two people working together. Um... Instead of it a, seems a strict like hierarchy. Disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, have it you was... seen the people argue at Temple? It, it is frightening. Well, it turned out pretty badly for her. 
she came back here with him and my mother in tow when they were little. Um, and some cleric walks by and Victoria gets quiet for a moment until the cleric moves and says, um, but when she arrived, they insisted she collar her, her mate, um, my mother's sire, and uh, he wouldn't have it, and she wouldn't have it, and, um, well, Grandma wanted to live back here, and father wouldn't, uh, her, her husband wouldn't, didn't want to come back and be collared, uh, and so they split up, and they went their separate ways. It, it doesn't always work, you see. It's a mm. weird tradition. But they tried. And uh, that's why they became farmers. Uh, you know. Your, your grandmother seems like incredibly interesting person. Uh, would be fascinated to hear more of her. Seems mm -hmm. she has seen much of the world. Perhaps... Perhaps she would have not been as interested in my tattoos as everyone else. You see, there are great trees. They stand above all others out there. And different, but not magical. Perhaps it's the same with me. Perhaps I am no different than anyone else. Just different type. Grows thinner and with strange markings. That's an idea. But you be careful who you say that in front of. I nod. Uh, I think you're gonna spend maybe another day or two here, but it becomes pretty apparent that the things you wanted to do are unacceptable. Like, you walk past a, a bar and she stops to like tie her shoe for a moment so you can look in the window. <laughs> as soon as she's like done, <laughs> as soon as she's done tying your shoe, you guys just have to move on. It's a social convention. Yeah. Um, so you get a few days of fun. Uh, okay. And then you have to return back to Valara? Zelenia. Uh, Zelenia is the capital. Thank you. Your players know your town names better than you. <sighs> <laughs> I only have to know two of them so far. Three. <laughs> you have to make all of them. Oh. Um, so you get back to Zelenia. Um, just a few days before the elven delegation is to arrive. Um, I think the, those last few days are kind of a whirlwind of preparation. There's all sorts of uh, ceremonies that are being prepared, and you have to like practice saying these exact words and greeting these elves in this proper way. And you're kind of loosely informed that they have new ideas, new experiments, and they want to take some samples and that sort of thing. <laughs> Would they want to take some samples? Makes Yaramir a little nervous. No one's ever taken samples of Yaramir before. <laughs> quite sure what that means, but he knows what like taking samples of a plant or a or like an animal is, right? Right. He's like, I mean, he he's just a little nervous about that. That that doesn't ring very uh, appealing to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, that's that's what you're prepped for. Um, you get one last like short session with Victoria before they arrive, uh, and you can see that she's been she's clearly very agitated. Um, right. The two of you are alone. Uh, she's supposed to be like you know presenting you with these or not presenting you but giving you these like fancy robes with silver embroidery around the edges, 
Um, but she also brings you a tray of salt and silver again, kind of rolling her eyes. Here, the elves are arriving tomorrow. Here's your salt and silver. Uh, I, I I just eat the, the salt and silver, and, and when I'm done with it, I, I kind of say, you, you do not believe in the salt and silver. She shrugs halfway. Uh, what, they... is, what is bothering you? Something clearly is. I just, I've grown fond of you and I have, have become frustrated with the ways that you are enslaved. Yarmir thinks back and he's kind of gotten a little bit more experience with, uh, with the world, right? He's kind of seen how other men are treated and he realizes some of his limitations, right? Having visited Valara and like the, the amount of, you know, collaring and veils and inability to kind of go do what he wanted, right? And maybe it sinks in for the first time that maybe he's not as free as he thinks he is, right? Mm -hmm. And at like, it just, it's kind of a moment of realization. And he says, well, uh, this is way of life here. Uh, I do not know what we could do to change this. She shrugs, hands you your robes, and leaves. Um, right. And the next day, the elves arrive. We don't have to go through the ceremony with them, but I do want to talk a little bit about their investigation of you. Sure. Because you get surrounded by uh, uh, seven elves. Each one is wearing a holy symbol of a different god, of one of the, the main gods. So there's a Martha. There's one holding a, a holy symbol of Martha, one of Malchus, one of Varasi, one of Astaire, one of Falumbra, one of Tempos, and one of Nadinus. Mm -hmm. um, and each one in turn kind of like circles you. It takes some... Uh, looks at this and they'll like you know ask you to sit down stand up take your clothes off put this on put this on wear this here's a magnifying glass hold this over here while we do these things right um they're they're kind of like casting spells too so one will take a few steps back and chant some words and there'll be like a puff of smoke and a weird like sound um uh-huh and they'll kind of whisper in their elven tongue to you um, then one of them comes up and without saying anything, just, uh, the, sorry. They've also had you grow your hair for the first time. Uh, oh, on your head. okay. It gets to maybe about the length you have it now. So one of the elves comes over with a little, some tweezers and starts like plucking, just ripping hairs out of your head and like stuffing Ow. them in a vial. Okay. Um, another comes up to your leg with a, a small knife and just like makes an incision diagonally across the leg. Uh, and then, like, collect some blood in a vial before, like, you know, putting some gauze over it. Um, another one asks, like, brings you an onion, a uh, cut onion, and, like, rubs it underneath your eyes <laughs> and then collects your tears as right. they, they bleed out. Right. Um, they bring you a cup and ask you to spit in it. They, they trim your nails they go to the bottoms of your feet where they're slightly calloused with a knife and just like scrape the calluses off to get some skin samples. Mm -hmm. um, 
They use a little hook to dig into your ears and pull out earwax. Uh, they ask for urine and stool samples as well, but they give you no privacy while you provide them. Right. Um, in fact, the process by which you provide these samples is one of intrigue and you are closely examined during this time. <laughs> There's lots of note taking about the, uh, the process. The process and the, the product as it's fresh. And then someone goes off and just watches the products as they like, you know, cool down to room temperature, taking samples and casting spells. Um, there's a great level of interest in you, but right. you are very much a lab rat to them. Right. Um, do you have any things you want to say or do during this time? Um... I don't think Yarmir really does or says anything, right? Like, this was... This is what he's supposed to do, right? He's probably, like, he probably, like, is in pain, right? From some of the cuts, cutting and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he might mention that, but he's not really... He's just he's just along for the ride at this point. But, like, internally, maybe, he's just... He's thinking, and, like, for the first time, he's, like, really... Like, Victoria helped him put together that he was kind of uh, maybe in kind of a birdcage before. Um, and now, like, this is the first examination that's been, like, invasive, probably, mm -hmm. right? Like, everyone else has pontificated and thought, and maybe they've made some alchemical, like, potions or something. But this is, like, the first, like, really, truly invasive study of, of Yaromir, like, actually, like, physically, like, made like what he's made of right mm -hmm. and like this probably is is rubbing him the wrong way right he gets like a little taste of of like the birdcage and now he's being treated like like a lab rat and it, it's it's probably making him reevaluate right just as he stands here getting poked and prodded and um talked about and spells casted on right like for the like he's, he's reevaluating like his life here and like what it all has has been like right? He's, maybe this hasn't been the the gilded existence that he thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, the day draws to a close. The elves take their samples, pack up, and leave the room, still not really having spoken to you. Um, Chancellor Angel comes back in, Victoria standing behind her a few feet, and says, uh, You've done well today, Yaramir. Good job. Tomorrow we'll repeat all the tests again. And then leaves you. Okay. Um, I think Yarmir like was standing there just kind of like normally through most of that, but as soon as the Chancellor leaves, it's just him and Victoria, he just kind of like collapses into like a ball, right? Like his feet hurt, his legs hurt, right? Like they've they've scraped off the calluses of his feet, they've made incisions into his leg. Like he feels just like, and he like kind of feels shame maybe for the first time. Like shame's not something he's used to, but maybe now he does. And just like, is kind of a mess on the floor. Uh, the chancellor calls from outside, Victoria, the elves have questions for you, come quickly. And she leaves you alone in this, that same room we started in, the 20 right. by 20 with the high ceilings and the columns and the outside. Um, I think after a short period of time, I don't know, well, maybe like an indeterminable period of time. It's probably a short in real life, right? Like it's probably a matter of a minute or two, but just like for a long time in, in his mind, he just kind of sits there just like feeling 
shame, feeling like just hurt and pain. And he just kind of like crawls his way over to the balcony and just like sits there. Just like kind of dangles his leg off the balcony and just looks out into the night for a while. And maybe he thinks back to um, Victoria's grandmother going out and seeing the world. It's like maybe maybe this is something that begins itching at the back of his mind. A couple of the priestesses come in, uh, and one of them scolds you. Yaramir, you've dragged blood all the way across the, the temple floor. Oh, we have to get you cleaned up. And they drag you down to the baths again and clean you up. Um, like the first time you were here, but you know, without Victoria, and this is a much more... They're, they're scrubbing you as they were before, but maybe maybe you're seeing this a little bit differently. You're not like being taken care of. They're cleaning their samples so they can use it again tomorrow. Right, right, exactly. And the and reason like, and, and it's like, women cleaning you is because they want to do it right. They want to make sure the sample's preserved. You know, you can't yeah. let a man contaminate this with his uselessness. And and Yermer kind of feels that for the first time, right? Like he's 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 getting shown all the things that were just a part of his life that were fine. They were they were if not happy, they were good things. And now he's seeing them kind of in this more negative light. Like he's basically he's reevaluating the bath and the the door being locked at night and where how he's treated, what he can eat, where he can go, a collar, the the veil, like all of it just kind of is is just like marinating in his mind. Mm-hmm. Right. His, his, like, eyes are kind of being open to this. Yeah. Well, the next day the elves come back, and this time they bring some foodstuffs with them, and they ask you to eat and drink these elven foods and drinks. Um, and then they repeat the same process of taking samples. This time they don't do the, the hair and the skin and the blood. Oh, they do the blood and the urine and the stool, but they, they leave everything else... Um, they also do the saliva, um, uh-huh. and they you know inspect you again, and it take there, there's a week of these inspections going. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the full week, after they've been feeding you this elven food every single day, they go back and you know repluck samples of hair and nails and skin and earwax, and you know now that you've had time to absorb these weird foods that they've been giving you. Uh, is it like lembus bread? Does it like rejuvenate a little bit when you eat it? Or is this like something else entirely? You no, know, these look more like alchemical mixtures. It's like this yeah. bitter paste that has like a, a greenish color to it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I don't know what the opposite of spicy is, but it's like the opposite of spicy on your tongue. And instead of like this burning, it's this sort of like chilling sensation, maybe almost like menthol or mint. Oh yeah, yeah, menthol. Yeah. It's probably definitely some kind of menthol-based alchemical. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So you put it on, and then everything kind of like cools and freezes on, on your tongue, and then they like they'll smear this goop under your eyes, and you know get the the tears again, and it's this very invasive series of tests. Right. Um, and not once during the whole time do the elves speak to you personally. Um, right. My question for you now is, how do you view the elves through this process? Um, well, it, it's complicated, right? Because these people um, are being super invasive and they're they're like hurting me, right? Like he's he's in pain because of these people and he's he's feeling shame because of these people probably for the first time in his life. And like there's a there's a resentment there uh to them. But these 
these people are also maybe the first ones that have taken any like real serious attempt to discover what's going on. Right. Like there's, he probably has this mixture of resentment and, and like a small anger towards elves and a like, these people know what they're doing. Right. Like he's at his, he might not be a scientist by practice, but at his heart, he's kind of a scientist, right? He's always been kind of curious and like, this is how, this is how you would learn something, right? Um, and and he he I think attributes a lot of his anger and resentment a little bit towards these elves. But I think that right now he's realizing like this is a product of of Matava, right? They're treating me like this because in Matava I'm property, right? They're treating me the way the the priestesses have treated me. This is just the like logical conclusion. Right, um, he he sees them as kind of like eye openers, right? Maybe maybe there he resents them. Maybe he there's there's some anger there, um, but but he he he's kind of realizing that what he um, the, the like real anger comes from this this place that treats him like property, right? Like his his eyes are opening towards that, and like that's where these negative feelings are kind of getting pushed to. Mm-hmm. After the week ends, uh, the elven delegation begins to head home. They've collected their samples. Um, and a day or two after that, you once again are, are left with Victoria. She brings with her a stack of notes that have been painstakingly copied by scribes from the elven notes. Um, and she looks at you, and you've got these like cuts all over you from these blood samples, and uh, you look like hell. Yeah. Uh, and she says, as you're kind of settling in together, I overheard a few of the elves. I've picked up a, a few words of elven here and there uh, in my, as you know, I've been practicing it for when they arrive. Of course, um, yes. I heard them saying that they had other ideas and other samples, tests they wanted to do and other um, clerics that they wanted to see you but were unable to. Um, the, 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 their head cleric is a male, um, but he was not allowed to come. And there were other tests that were prohibited that they thought might be useful. Um, I think uh, Victoria probably sees like true fear in kind of like Yaramir's eyes, right? Like he kind of shakes his head and says, um, I, I do not wish to meet any more of their clerics or their tests. No, it, it's okay, Yaramir. They, they spoke of it differently. They, when... Chancellor Angel wasn't around. They they spoke of unfair treatment. This is not the way they wanted to do things. They wanted to take more time and to do these things more slowly. They wanted your hair to grow out until it fell out and take it to get better samples, not not short period of time, intensive feeding followed by hair plucking. They wanted 
I think if you can... Chancellor Angel might be convinced to allow you to go back with them. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. But if she could be convinced for you, to allow you to go to the Elven lands where they can conduct their tests proper, there might be answers for you. Yarmir yeah, kind of thinks like answers are, are, are definitely intriguing, but he doesn't really want that treatment again. And he, he kind of looks at Victoria and he says, you, you believe they would be different. You think that these tests were product of Chancellor? Mm, yeah, of the Chancellor and the customs here. Uh, they had questions they wanted to ask you, but the Chancellor said that they couldn't talk to you, um, that they should do their tests and, and move on. Um, they had a, a series of questions they wanted to ask, but I, I couldn't pick up the words. They were too formal for me to understand. If I go with them, could you come with me? <laughs> They're not going to let you go alone. You'll have to go with some sort of escort. Probably wouldn't just be me. It would probably be many of us. Let us... Uh... Victoria, I think... I think I would like to see more of the world. Like, uh... Like your grandmother did. Uh, I do not want to be treated like this again. But if you think elves would be... More gentle... Uh... Perhaps this is... Best opportunity. Uh... Would... Would you... Would you speak to, to Mother Angel for me? I don't know if I can. I don't think she will listen to me. When, when are Ill's leaving? Tomorrow. Let me rest this evening. I, I could not see Chancellor today. Uh, I will try to speak with her in morning. She nods. Maybe uh, for like for the first time, like I just like ask her like where where are my clothes? Eh? Like, and like he like tries to cover up like for his body like probably for the first time in like front of her. Uh, she hands you your folded up clothes, very gently and delicately folded up, in a weird way, not a way that you would have ever have folded your clothes. It looks like it's been. They're like folded I, in a teepee or some shit. Yeah, there's like some sort of origami. It's like a swan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the trouser swan. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Your clothes are brought to you uh, in this way. And okay. um, I think we're going to go to our last break. We should have a, a short half session when we come back, maybe. And uh, we'll see you guys after that. Bye-bye, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frozen Frontier. Uh, flashback, Martha, Matava, Breaking Your Chains edition. Um, <laughs> Gotta work on that subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not really good with names. On YouTube as Martha dot 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 Matava question mark Breaking Your Chains edition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really good with names. No, I neither am I. I struggle with them. I feel you. Okay. One day I would like to have like George R. R. Martin's ability to name shit. Oh, 
Yeah. Of all the things that George R. R. Martin does well, I think the thing that was not talked about enough is his names for things are amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his names also, for people spoilers, are spoilers. Part of the reason why I think season seven was a little bit shite. Think about think about all the like uninspired naming like things that happened. There was a loot train battle. That was the official name for that thing. George R. R. Martin, like if he was dead, would have been rolling in his grave. He was rolling in his like study. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, diatribe. Let's return to. <laughs> we could have a long conversation about season seven, but uh, we we'll, could. We'll do that we another day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's the next day. You are somewhat rested and recovered after your scrub down bath by the clerics again. Um, uh, so it's the next day, right? Um, I probably don't go to the bath. Oh, uh, that, that night you would have had a scrub down and then the oh, next day okay. you wake up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically I, I wake up that morning and like, there's a, there's a, a plan that's hatching in my head, right? Like, um, and I, I get my I get my clothes on, and I I begin I, I begin like like kind of psyching myself up mentally, right? I probably do that pacing thing that you saw Yaromir do um, when he was alone for the first time. Like, this, it's how he dealt with anxiousness. Like back then, it was because he was alone and didn't have women around which was weird and it made him anxious and now it's like okay i have to like psych myself up to like have my own request um and i i like get myself worked up and i go in search of uh, mother angel uh yes you do find her when you are let out of your room and brought to the your your normal morning breakfast and everything and um you you can talk to mother angel um, I think I kind of walk up to her like very obviously nervous, like very obviously like feeling out of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of just, uh, I, I kind of bow a little bit, maybe even like formally. Um, and I asked Mother Angel if I could speak to her um, in private. She looks up, um, kind of takes a look at the other servants in the room and quickly dismisses them with a hand wave. And as soon as they are out of the room, she says, what happened? Did the elves do something? Did they take something? I, I, I shake my head. I said, not more than the, the samples that they requested. Uh, I have a request for you. Um, I, I overheard some of their conversation, and it seems that they had further tests they wished to do, uh, but did not have time. Um, I think it is possible that uh, if I went with them, we might find further answers. Uh, I kind of pause for a second and then like keep going and kind of charge ahead after a moment and say, we've been here for 16 years. We have delved into every book, every prophecy, every teaching of Martha. Uh, Perhaps the answers do not lie there. Perhaps uh, we will not find it in these religious texts. The elves seem to have a deep knowledge that goes beyond that. And if they have further tests, perhaps if I went with them, they would have time to do it. Uh, Perhaps they would have knowledge that 
Martha does not. And then like, probably like half supplicate myself, like knowing I've just spoken way out of turn. Hmm. Seems that maybe you have become a little too comfortable. Seems that perhaps you have forgotten your place. Maybe we have been too kind and too gentle with you. Maybe you don't quite realize. I I think she pauses there and I just kind of look up and I'm like, am I not key to some mystery? Perhaps is... Perhaps it is best, even even if I have grown out of place, to. You don't think I see what you are doing mentioned. here? Trying to leave the country, trying to escape to the elves. You are our intrigue. You are our. I'm not sure what yet, but you belong to us, Yaramir. You are not leaving Matava, not now, not ever, especially not to head off to the elven kingdoms. I think maybe a few days in a dungeon will clear your head and make you remember who you belong to. And she kind of gives a call for some of the servants and for the door guard who comes and with a spear in hand leads you away. Uh, leads you- uh, Probably not roughly, right? Like. Yermir is less, like, angry at this point as he is just, like, dejected. Yeah. Right? She's not, like, yanking you away, yeah. but she's, she has a weapon in hand, like, takes you by the elbow and leads right. you out. It's and I'm not... fairly easy to lead. I just, like, probably just walk out, like, hangdogged and just dejected. Yeah. Um, you find, for the first time in your life yourself in a a, a literal dungeon right um, it's cold it's dark it's very similar to that room where you were chained up or not chained up where you were housed with all those other men um, on your way to Valara uh, but this time it's you know cots on the ground uh, cold stones and not very much in the way of light uh, just like right. a, a small window that looks out onto the street somewhere that's like dripping with water or run off from the street, whatever run off that yeah, whatever be. nastiness runs off the street yeah, yeah. Um, I think for the first couple of hours, right Yaramir probably just like is still having this sink in right, like he just is feeling kind of like dejected that that this this plan didn't work Right, and now he's in this new environment that he doesn't like, and it's dark and it's cold. But after a few hours, like it's dark and it's cold and it's oppressive, and his own like resentment towards um, like Chancellor Angel and these and these priestesses kind of like comes to the forefront, right? And like it just it just begins kind of this like boiling black like emotion in him of like, okay. I hate this place, right? This is, this is literally the worst place to be in. I'm, I am a caged animal to be poked and prodded. I am property. And like, per, maybe he starts thinking for the first time, I'm, I'm meant for more than this, right? I have, I've been told, I've, I've basically been told I was special for 
my entire life and now I'm thrown in this dungeon, right? Like he's like, I have to leave. I have to leave this place um, so that I can find out why. And like, he probably sits for the first time um, and just like for like crosses his legs and just begins kind of like clearing his mind and like meditating. Like you've seen this in in Frozen Frontier when he when he kind of casted some some kind of ritual before, uh, but maybe this is like the first time. And he just like it's an exercise in clearing his mind, right? And he just leaves one thing there, and it's just this like burning desire to to leave. He needs to find a way to leave, and he just sits in the cold, despairing dark for days yes now you have a slight flicker of hope because it's um, the end of May and you know that uh, at the beginning of June on the longest day of the year there's uh, what they call here Mother's Day it's not the same sort of Mother's Day we have in in the the US it's uh, like Martha's Day it's um, it is a celebration of life and those that produce life through parades and community gatherings in the streets. People wear costumes, masks, and they worship Loomis and Martha, Loomis being the god of light, Martha being the, the, the creator of life. Uh, mm-hmm. It is said to be good luck to be a child born or conceived on Mother's Day. It is also a day of exceptional fertility and many attempts to produce children are made on this day. Um, so it's kind of like a big festival day and it's kind of a big deal, and typically Mother's Day is the day where they do a lot of like extra working with you in some regards, or you know have you in some sort of ceremonies um, as a you know you're you're kind of seen as a, a boon, as a, a good luck symbol for the country. So it, you're pretty sure they're not going to keep you imprisoned all the way through Mother's Day. And sure enough, um, two days beforehand. You are led out after being in the dungeons for two weeks uh, and brought up into the light, back into the town, back to the temple where you are cleaned off. Not a lot, you haven't seen Victoria, but you're immediately washed down, cleaned off, put back in nice robes. Any sort of like bruises or markings you've had are, you know, covered up and treated to kind of remove all visual problems with you before you are presented in the traditional parade through the city streets on your little float where you're going to sit and be like, oh, yay, look, the tattooed one, yay. <laughs> um, this is probably, like, also Yaramir's birthday, right? Like, this is this is probably the day he was born. So this is a... Yeah, this it's is probably the day you're born. You don't know for certain, and no one ever celebrates your birthday but it's often referred to as like, oh, this is your special day. And I think there, you've always had this like assumption that you were born on this day because look at you and the way that right. they do this sort of thing. But um, to be clear, it's never been explicitly spelled out for you. I think your birthday is kind of a... Fair enough. It's been, it's been hinted at, at least. And like, yeah. this is probably the days that I have been... This is probably the festival day that I've been allowed at times to go visit... Um, uh, my my mother in uh, in Yunta, mm-hmm. like once every three or four years, they'll allow right. you to go back on like the maybe it's um, maybe it is once every four years on like the years that are not quite as important. You know, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So you're paraded through the city streets. How, how, how last year when you were paraded through the city streets on Mother's Day, how would you have behaved? Oh, last year, like this is a like, Yarmir's a bit of a peacock, right? Um, even, even like he's been treated as like living art, right? He's been he's been pampered and treated. Last year, he would have been preening for the crowds, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, look at my tattoos. I sit on like he has sat on a float every year on this day, like his whole life. When he was a little kid, it was probably weird, but like he's grown to the point where like, this is what I do. And like, I talk to the crowds and I'm, I'm big and weird and I stand here and I show off my tattoos, right? Like that's probably the way he treats it is like as a performance. Right. <laughs> yup, a skinny malnourished peacock, exactly. Uh, this year, how do you behave in the parade? Um, I think everything I've done since the moment, like the cell doors were open are very like cold and perfunctory, right? Like I don't misstep a word. I don't misstep an action, but it's all just very like um, mechanical, right? It's like, this is what I am required to do. This is what I do, right? Like very formal. Um, this year I'm probably like sitting or standing on this float um, in like whatever position is required of me and just like kind of coldly being like seen right and mm -hmm. i just kind of being paraded down the street you just see this like not doing anything wrong but just like very perfunctory performance mm -hmm. okay so you go through the the whole day's parade event um at the end of it you are brought back into the temple where uh chancellor angel is uh, and she gives you a, a bit of a smile and says ah it seems like your time in the cells has cleared your head. Welcome home, Yaromir. Um, I kind of like bow formally and I say, uh, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Mother Angel. I'm happy to be back. Good, good. Uh, why don't you take the rest of the day and rest? Uh, she points to another woman. Heather, would you please take Yarmir back to his room? Um, I kind of formally bow and just kind of like follow Heather. Right. She walks with you towards your room. You pass Victoria in the halls going the other way. Um, and I think you notice on her, uh, she's wearing kind of like a loose fitting uh, gown for, for this event. Um, uh -huh. As she like walks past, you notice that there's like a little like a like a line of blood that's sort of bled through her her gown, almost like someone's got you've got like a cut and a cloth is over it, and then like it, the cuts kind of bleeds through the scab or something. Mm. Um, you get the distinct impression that she has been that she has received some sort of corporal punishment, probably a lashing of some sort um, for your mouthing off. Uh, Whether or not, like, she's responsible for it or, like, you know, you're under her care and you've mouthed off, so she's, like, what what exactly she's in trouble for, you're not sure, but it's probably tied to you. Right. Um, like, that just causes, like, that kind of dark cloud kind of in his mind of, like, um, resentment and anger just kind of intensify. Right, like you probably don't see a whole lot of change in Yaromir as he's just like 
formally walks by and is, is kind of head bowed following. But like, if you were to pay any close attention to him, his face probably tightens, right? Like you, you can just see just like a maybe gritted teeth, like anger kind of just seeping in. Um, even if it's just for a moment and he kind of regains that, like that, that doesn't sit well with Yaramir. Right. Uh, you get back to your room your cell. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you want to view it these days, but you get back to your fairly comfortable room and uh, the day drags on for a little bit longer. You probably get back in the late afternoon. Um, eventually okay. the crowds outside wear down until it's just quiet. Um, is just like Heather standing guard in my no, room she brought no. you into your room shut the door you could hear the turn of the key um, and then someone came later and like opened the door and brought you some food and took away your dishes you know and cl- brought, took out your chamber pot and like you know they do their normal taking care of you like they would before uh-huh. but they keep locking you up every night or every time they're, they're done with you for your uh, safety because there are people who would want to take you. Right. Right. Um, I, I kind of asked the last one, um, and I say, uh, will there be no night festival this year? I am used to attending with the, with the high priestesses. The last person pauses and says, I don't know. I'm just here to learn and mm. train. I say, you know, on Mother's Day, we celebrate a uh, mar- union of uh, Martha and Luminous. Uh, usually, there is night festival, blooms above temple. Uh, alchemists build them from foreign powders. Uh, when lit on fire, they explode in colors. Often gives hope to to people that see it. Uh, the union of life and light is powerful. Usually is in costume. I thought you would bring me mine by now. I will... I will do my best. Um, who who normally... Who, who, who do I talk to to get the costume for you? Um, I think, and I say, uh, last I knew, uh, Victoria was head assistant to to Chancellor Angel, who I am sure is quite busy. Uh, perhaps you should talk to Victoria. She nods enthusiastically and uh, departs. Um, half an hour passes by uh, when you hear the turning of the lock and that same maid or servant or acolyte trainer. Their positions Probably are Probably an acolyte, weird. right? I acolyte assume that men are, are maids and servants, but uh, a woman here is probably on the bottom rung of, like, learning. Kind right. of like, let's let's make another Game of Thrones <laughs> reference. Probably like Sam when he goes to be a maester, right? She's right. just, like, a low-level priestess. Right, like, exactly. Learn. Acolyte's probably the best term for her. Yeah. Um, so the acolyte comes with Victoria, uh, unlocks the, the door. Victoria comes in with your, your typical costume. Um... Thanks the the acolyte and uh, shuts the door behind her, leaving the two of you in a room together. Uh, Victoria makes eye contact with you and whispers quietly, "You know you're not going this year, right?" I just nod. 
Um, and I kind of like point to her arm and I said, did they hurt you because of me? She gives a shrug. Suffered worse injuries when, when on my head. I look at her like very straightly and I just say, I cannot stay here. I learned, I am nothing more than a rat in a cage. Uh, I have nothing, I must escape Victoria. I would like for you to come with me. We'll go, put this on. She hands you your costume. Right, and I just like, put it on. (laughs) I whip it on. Um, the last part of the costume is another collar that she puts on around your neck. Right. Um, and then the two of you step out. Uh, Victoria says to the acolyte that she'll be taking you down to the parade grounds. Um, and that uh, Chancellor Angel is swamped. So whenever she comes by or inquires, let her know what happened, but don't bother her with it. Right. Until then. Um, so the acolyte goes their way, and you and Victoria go your way. Uh, we need our Dark City track again. Here we go. Um, I think that uh, between Victoria and I, well, maybe not in this in this timeline. Maybe Victoria really just knows the temple best, right? I've lived here my whole life, but maybe I don't know it as well as I as I would think I do. Right, like I haven't had a lot of freedom to explore it uh, and to like know how it goes. So I guess I'm kind of letting her take the lead, right? Because I feel like she probably knows, A, it's comfortable to let her take the lead. It's what I've done my whole life, right? Um, And It's not gonna rouse any suspicion. Right, and B, like I just, I guess I don't know the temple as well as I thought I would at this point. Um, She leads you out the front entrance, a way that you could have found on your own. But she definitely, like, there are areas as you're walking through this where you're like, you know what? In my, like, 17 years here, I've never been through that door. I have no idea what's on the other side of that door. Right. Um, But she she leads you out the front entrance and kind of in the direction of the parade grounds before, like, hooking a sharp left down an alleyway where she takes off your collar and, like, gives you a veil to cover your face to hide your masculinity. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And then makes for the front gate uh, of town. You guys find yourself on the western edge of the city, uh, which is pretty quiet right now. You can see the plumes of light off in the distance behind you over the palace and the temples. Right. Um, I guess. I guess like there's just a. a, a tension in the air around Yaromir, right? Like, he's just as tense probably as he's ever been. Um, and, like, he's just got adrenaline going like crazy, right? Like, he's, he's like, hearing every, like, crunch of stone under their foot and every, like, cicada, right? Like, it's just... It's, <laughs> really he's like really on high alert and like he's got that adrenaline pumping at like a 12 on a like 12 out of 10 scale right you get to the front gates and there are guards on the gates as always the the lieutenant in charge of the 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 western gate um cocks her head to the side as she sees the two of you approach and steps forward raising her hand and says you know uh, you know short prayer to martha before saying what are you doing leaving? 
Victoria says, uh, you know, I am on a special mission for the Chancellor. We must meet up with the... Um, we are to, to meet up with a, a, a wagon that has arriving late. It's bringing ceremonial foods for the feast later tonight, but it hasn't arrived. And the, the, the gate guard looks oddly and says, I believe all the wagons are accounted for. Um, goes back into her little office, pulls out a ledger and like flips through some pages and no, they've all come. Victoria says, well, they haven't and we need to go and meet them on the road. Um, how, how, um, how distinctive is my voice, right? Like I'm more heavily accented than most people. I probably have like a regional accent like maybe in utah it's just this like very aggressively hard accent like from the south of matava or something i don't know yeah um but uh like do the guards just would they recognize my voice just like uh, like immediately they might not recognize you as yaromir these guards would have no idea who you i mean they might know of you but they wouldn't be able to tell who you are by your voice um but they could tell that you are a male for certain uh, and I don't have a collar on, and uh, you shouldn't speak. Okay, then I'm, I don't know. I get really nervous, right? Like, I, I look a little agitated, but I'm, I'll just let, I'll let her speak. I don't know how much you can tell I'm agitated unless you, like, knew me well, because I'm in a veil. Yeah, uh, you've got, like, robes like, and a veil, so you're, like, yeah. covered like, up. I guess, I guess maybe, maybe I just, like, start fiddling with my hands to myself as, like, at, like, I can tell this isn't going well, but I, I know enough to like, I'm, I'm pretty smart. I got 16 in. I, I know enough not to like land us in hotter water. Right. Um, the Lieutenant and Victoria stare each other down for a moment before the Lieutenant relents. Um, you, you know that Victoria technically outranks her. So mm-hmm. if Victoria says something, it's, it's, it's what goes. Um, but you can see that the Lieutenant is really uncomfortable with the situation. Right. Um, kind of orders the doors opened, and as you guys walk through, you hear her give a message to one of the other guards here, uh, like, run, uh, take my horse, go to the, the palace, you know, inform Chancellor Angel of what has happened, uh, get her clearance on this right away. And then the two of you are through the gates, which shut behind you. You find outside are a pair of horses being held by... Uh, a, a woman that you've never seen before. Um, you have no idea who she is, but she just hands the reins to you and Victoria. And Victoria looks back at you and says, can you, you can't ride, you don't know how to ride a horse, do you? I never have had time to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, she attaches a, a lead leech to your horse's reins and says, sit on there and hold on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I nod my head and, and do that. I, I turn to this this mysterious woman and I, I just, I thank her. I'm like, thank you very much uh, for your assistance. Please, I, I must know your name. Uh, she gives you a dirty, nasty, hateful look. Um, okay. And like, doesn't say anything and then looks to Victoria and says, are you sure you want to do this? Victoria gives a nod, and then the two of you take off. Okay. Uh, I think later, much, much later, months later, you learn that is um, Victoria's younger sister. Mm. 
and the two of you leave Matava. If we are to take a look at the world map here, um, it's a, a, a long journey out of here. Uh, it's 17, 18 miles as the crow flies to get out of the country, but that's a twisty-ass road, so it's closer to like 40 miles, maybe 35 miles to get out. Uh, Victoria is an able horsewoman. Um, she's trained in fighting ways as well. We probably have to ride like all day and all night type of thing, right? We got to beat the the word of our escape to the yes. border. So you yeah. guys book it through the night uh, to the point that your horses are like unable to continue going. One of them maybe even collapses from exhaustion, uh, and then you guys just take it on foot um, as as far as you can go, hopping on a wagon here or until like you're rested enough to keep uh, outpacing the ox cart. Uh huh. Um, Eventually, you pass through this this little pass right here between Lookout Peak and the the ocean down to the south. Uh, Lookout Peak is this mountain, maybe it's not quite even a mile high. It's maybe like four thousand feet, three thousand feet, really, uh, and it's got a watchtower on it. It's the the way to guard the the western entrance to Matava. Uh, on uh-huh. top of the mountain, on top of this, by this watchtower, are some of those like really big, like Swiss Alp horns. So if they see something coming, they can like and like <laughs> echo through the valley. Um, nice. They they don't blow as you guys go through since you're you're on the way out. Um, and you leave Matava. Uh, no one comes after you, but it's probably because you beat them out there. But you know for certain, you cannot go back. Right. If you were to return, you would probably be stuck in chains for the rest of your life. It would take a very something special to get you back there. Right. Um, I think I think once we're probably we got to go a few miles past the like actual border, <laughs> just because like if you stop right on the border, like that's a problem. Um, yeah. But once we get kind of clear of of Matava, I think Yarmir just kind of stops and like just takes off the veil and just like looks out at the at the stars and uh, and he looks at Victoria and like maybe he just doesn't even say anything. He just like cries a little bit, but it's it's a happy cry. Like he's like I'm free. We've we've so much we can do and just like he realizes that that the, the part of his life that, that was so hard is, is probably over now mm-hmm. um, with, with more challenges to come for sure. But it's just like, like relief, right? He's had this tension and this, he's been sitting in a cell for days, just like meditating on how awful this is. He's, he had this incredibly perfunctory, like cold um, festival. He had this intense, like it didn't go badly. There weren't, there weren't swords drawn, but like just in terror, like just this like adrenaline, like he just like, it all washes out of him, right? This is this tension that's been building up for probably like a week and, or more. And he just, he just like the relief, Mm -hmm. he just kind of like lets it go and realizes that like, we can make something of this. Yeah. I think you travel through East Voden, which is this plain area down Mm -hmm. here. Uh, for a while, not really having an exact destination in mind, just making sure you keep heading northward at some point, northwestern, 
at yeah, some point. Maybe vaguely you, northish. Yeah. Maybe you travel like this for a little bit. Um, eventually, after I want to say a couple of months of exploring this new land, which is totally foreign to both of you, you know, the, you're learning this, um, the, these other accents, these other ways of doing things. You encounter like men and women working together. You also encounter situations where like men are physically like assaulting women for disobeying them in the streets, which is like wildly different than anything you've ever seen. Um, and we don't, we're not gonna have to go into all of these little details, but you end up at this uh, little village, uh, kind of near Honey Reach, uh, uh -huh. out in uh, Mistria. And as you're, you're resting and kind of trading some of your knowledge and some of the supplies you brought and what very little gold Victoria was able to pick up, uh, you run into this little shack on the outside of this village um, that has this quirky, weird dude that kind of looks like you. He's tall and slender, but instead of having like the, the really short hair that you've got, he's got huge, like long dreads that he's put together. And he wears these loose baggy pants and like he's got a shirt, that, like a button up shirt, but only like the bottom two buttons are buttoned and everything else is like <laughs> wide all open. The chest hair. <laughs> yeah, he's got like this big curly tuft of silver chest hair that sticks out. Um, yeah. He welcomes you into his little home, offers to put you up for a little while because he sees the tattoos on you and offers you a trade. If you will um, allow him to inspect your tattoos and examine you for a little while, he'll put you up for a few days and uh, kind of play host to you. And I think we're going to leave you with that decision. Is that something that Yaromir, after everything he's been through, is willing to do? Are you... Willing to let I, some stranger examine you again? I think it kind of comes down to Yarmir's very reticent of this, right? He, it's not something he wants to do, but like he looks to Victoria and just sees this like exhaustion, right? We've been wandering for months and we're low on gold and supplies and things. And, and he thinks, okay, right? Like we have the ability to leave when we want, right? I can put up with a little bit of this so that we can get rested and get on our feet. Like it's, it's one of those things like we can't keep going like we are for too much longer. Let's put up with this. Like I'll put up with this, this for now. And, and we'll, and, and, and we'll move on later. Like it, it just, it's so that we can get back on our feet a little bit. And I think that's the decision that like, it takes him a moment and he has to really think about it. Um, but he, he just, he, he arrives at this decision. He's like, Victoria, I think we need to, to rest here. I think it, it'll be best for all of us. Uh, when he hears you say that the man who introduces himself as Egon, uh, reaches into a pocket and pulls something out and like presses it into your hand. And you feel these like rectangular cold things press into it. Um, and he points to this large stone bowl, maybe three feet across, uh, maybe a foot high with a nice shallow dip in it that's resting on a little pedestal outside the hut. And he says, cast these stones into that pot. We'll see what your you, future will hold. Like, Yarmir gives him a strange look and looks at the stones, kind of gives him a, a, like, shake and just tosses them in. All right, the stones tumble into the pot and clatter around for a little bit. Uh, and Egon kind of breaks into a smile that then, like, goes a little uncomfortably. He goes, oh, 
You're going to have a very interesting life, my friend. Come inside. I will fix you some food. You will need rest for what is to come. And I think this like doesn't even register to Yaramir as like an important thing, right? Like he just is like, wow, this is a crazy old man. Hopefully that's all he asked me to do, right? Like internally, he's like, mm-hmm. thank God there's food. I wonder if it's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he feeds he you some spicy food. It's delicious, like chicken Thai curry. Oh. Nice, nice, yeah. yeah. And I think that's where we're going to leave our flashback for today. Uh, If you want to know what happens next, watch last week's flashback. Um, Kind of. Kind Kind of. of. If you want to know what happens in seven or eight years, (laughs) watch (laughs) next week's flashback. Um, And uh, that's that for Frozen Frontier today. How do you think it went, Greg? Uh, I thought it went pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed kind of uh, getting out of Matava. It was it was fun to it was fun to role play. I think last flashback was a lot more about Yarmir and a lot more about decision making, and I think this one was a lot more like what happened to Yarmir. Right? I think that he was a, a much more of a spectator this time around, but mm-hmm. I think it was still really fun. I think it was it was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah. Uh, next week we're gonna have another flashback. I think it's gonna be not Yaromir. I think it's gonna be Sean. Someone or else. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, one of our other cast members, Nick, is out of town. He's somewhere in the Mediterranean, I believe. Um, and then we'll be back for a full Frozen Frontier session on the 17th of September and then another full session the week after that um so that's it for Rose Frontier tomorrow is the roleplay Pride of Anderhorn one-shot reunion show of the original Solemn cast if you're interested in that sort of thing it's on JP's channel it's being announced all over the place you'll hear it and uh either today or tomorrow you're also going to hear about the launch of a new show that I'm a part of called I've been calling Project T its full name will be released today or tomorrow um, and I will blast it all over the place when it shows up. Um, Greg, you're going to be doing some Diablo on your stream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, on my stream on Thursdays, my my brother and I are, are, he's teaching me to play Diablo. I'm a huge RPG guy, and the Diablo series just is never something I picked up. And I'm kind of weirded out by it because I haven't gotten into it. So we, t- we got Diablo 3. We're going to play together, and he's going to teach me the ins and outs of it and, and how it goes. Uh, we did the first one this last Thursday, and I thought it was pretty pretty rad. Uh, so come check that out. We're going to be playing Final Fantasy Tactics on Fridays starting next Friday. So we got some good Final games. We, I got some good games to play through. Um, I'm excited for it. That's the best Final Fantasy game ever. I love <laughs> tactics. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.